0: The human spirit is unconquerable. We are individuals and we are sovereign, born with unlimited potential, gifted from our creator. Our mission is to break free from the systems that bind us. I volunteer as tribute. We strive for peace and prosperity and overcome all challenges, roadblocks, and obstacles. We are empowered because we think for ourselves and we act for ourselves. We are self-reliant and independent, but guided by the wisdom of those who share our values. What possible difference can I make? There is no government. Well, hey, everyone, welcome more back to The Mystic Mind to stop us. podcast. I'm here we on the show to show with uh, because a because guest political figure on in episode number 59. and spiritual freedom. He was a, no a, a corporate the uh, in the corporate freedom. finance world. This is my I invited Corbell. him back on the show because uh, in the last the year or so, he, his career took a different direction and uh, you know since I always talk about having secondary methods of income and alternative plans, I think that uh, Danny has exemplified that uh, in starting his own business. And so, I want to share uh, with everyone what he's been doing for the last year, and uh, just tell them how much I like the stuff that he's been doing. Actually, so Danny, why don't you just you know say hi and you know whatever else you want to say to get started here?
1: Sure, sure. No, absolutely. Well, well, first, thanks for thanks for having me on again. Um, and and you're right. I know last time we were on. Um, I had actually started another business because, as you mentioned, I've been in in corporate finance for for, you know, about a decade. And um, and I had started um, essentially a, a finance consulting company. Um, and so as I started to go through it, I got up to the point where um, I was just about to kind of start dumping money into a lot of the marketing and, and that kind of thing. And, and what ended up happening was is is that um, I was thinking about it and I was like, well, I already do finance full time. Um, before I really start to sink tons and tons of money into this, is there anything else, right? Because as you talk about the importance of, of having alternative revenue streams and, and things along those lines, well, I was actually listening to an episode of, of Tom Woods' podcast, and it was uh, he had a guest on, and unfortunately, I can't remember his name, um, but he talked about the, the value in um, subscription services. And I was out walking the dog as I was listening to this podcast, and I was like, well, I was like, well, let me see. Before I really commit to this, right? I'm only in for a few hundred bucks at this point for website development and stuff like that. Um, is, is there something I can think about from a subscription service? Because I think subscription services there is a there's some value there, uh, you know, and, and that kind of thing. And and as I was walking, I was like, uh, I was like, yeah, you know, I I think maybe maybe this would be something I can I can go and I can keep the finance the corporate finance stuff. Separate and make this kind of like a, a creative outlet, right? You know, something you can really build from the ground up and and uh, and dump all your creativity and that kind of thing in. And so um and so as a result, here we are. You're right. I mean, it, it's almost a year later, um, and we officially launched. You know, Tennessee Tennessee. I guess you can't quite see it, but Tennessee uh, Tennessee Hot Sauce Company. Uh, you know, officially right at about a about a month ago, and and so far it's been. Uh, it's been very well received and, and uh, right. good enough to get back on the Invictus Mind podcast, right? <laughs> right. Well, so, he, so here's a good promo for you. I got your bottles right here. Yeah, look at that. Perfect. Although the although I noticed there, that a couple of them are opened already, and so they don't quite flow perfectly. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah. yeah so that's, I, it. that's it right there.
0: I wanted to start out by uh, uh, sharing a message from my wife. She says that uh, she used to work at a... Uh, Cajun restaurant and she's tried all kinds of hot sauces and, and we like hot sauce. And she said that yours is some of the best she's ever had. So
1: oh that's awesome. I, I love to hear. It. I mean, and and the uh the, the response has been um very overwhelming, which uh and maybe you experience this in, in your world too, but um you know, I have to go into a, a commercial kitchen to make all of these hot sauces and stuff, and um every time I go there or I have conversations with other manufacturers, I get a really bad um, imposter syndrome um, you know to where I'm, I really like you know I walk in and, and some of the people in the kitchen now I, I mean I even know them by name and, and things like that and I'm still like I don't know if I belong here you know I mean you guys are are professional you know there's chefs and people that are going to culinary, and you know what I mean like they're a real, people that have their own restaurants and that kind of thing. And then I walk in there with a with a box of ingredients and a bunch of empty bottles, you know, and I'm like, I still don't know if I quite feel like I belong, like I'm like I'm one of the people that deserve to be here. And so um, hearing hearing that type of feedback uh, is is always positive, um, you know, and, and, it, and it feels good knowing that you're you're providing that kind of value uh, you know, to, to somebody who's willing to spend money on your, on your product.
0: (laughs) Well, it's nice because it it is a, you know, it's a food product. And so the only test that you have in a food product is whether it actually tastes good or not.
1: Right. 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 Well, unless you're the state, right. And then they need pH levels and they need water activity levels and they have all of this other stuff, uh, you know, that, that they want. I mean, they, they literally, act like if it wasn't for them checking you up on this stuff that you would kill all of your customers you know they're like Uh. well we need you to tell us what your ph level is and i'm like well i already know what the shelf stable level is and they're like "Yeah, yeah yeah but you need to spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars for us to test it you know and you're like all right i mean you know if i'm gonna do this above water and and be able to distribute nationally and do this kind of thing then Unfortunately, you have a lot of those hoops and, and stuff that you have to go through. Where In reality, it should be, you know, what is the best possible product that I can provide to you in the most secure way? So that way I will not only get referrals and things along those lines, but you get, you know, people that come back as as opposed to somebody who says, hey, I opened this sauce up, uh, you know, and it's only sat on a shelf for two weeks and it's already bad, You know, no. I don't want to spend any more money with you, you know, that kind of thing. Um, sure. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, that's the that's the big feedback, you know, that 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 really kind of helps propel you, um, you know, going forward. And and when I first started just making kitchen batches, uh, there's a there's a there's a company that's located here at and in in, uh, in Middle Tennessee called Hot Sauce Nashville. Mm. And they're owned by, um, you know, um, Uh, A couple that they're, I mean, they're literally like the nicest people that you ever meet. And they are uh, um, every weekend out at a couple of different uh, farmer's markets. And so when I went out there and I just started chatting with them, picking their brain and saying, hey, you know, what about this? And what about this and this and this and this? And one of the owners, Chelsea, I mean, she humored me, right? I mean, she let me bunk her for like 45 minutes, just asking her all of these questions. And so I ended up making a lot of my initial sample batches and bringing them out to her. And I was like, can you just test these for me, you know, and sample them and let me know that I'm, before I start to go down this road, that I'm not dumb, you know, know? putting together like good products that, that people are going to like. And so she's like, yeah, absolutely. You know, and so she had some sample spoons and stuff. And so we poured some hot sauce. And, uh, and so she was like, oh no, she's like, you have, you have some really good stuff here. Um, And so that was really that first vote of confidence that I needed to say, okay, well, I'm not completely wasting my time, uh, you know, by by going down this route because it's expensive, it's labor intensive, uh, you know, and and that kind of thing. And so it's nice having that uh, that affirmation that that really kind of helps get you through to that to that next step. Sure, sure. now you started saying that you were
0: uh, were interested in creating a subscription service. Is that what you're planning mm-hmm. to do with this, uh, or is it just because it seems like uh, something like this would be more commercial marketing and, and everything else Correct. but uh,
1: how do yeah. you how do you combine uh, the two and so well the the original thought was is, is is that um you know because we've got you know we have two small kids um, you know i've got a full time uh, corporate finance job and and that kind of thing is that the the thing that we didn't want to do was step into a situation where as we're launching, we're having to go to the post office every day or UPS every day or something along those lines, because that's a big time commitment. Um, and so what we also wanted to do and why we looked at, at doing it as a subscription service is, is that, again, coming from a corporate finance full time job by by using it as a subscription service, it allows us. To be able to forecast and properly budget materials, um, revenues, things along those lines on a much more consistent basis, right? And so we have 150 subscribers and we know that every three months, the products are going to get sent out. We know and because we already know what people are going to order, right? And so we already know this is how many peppers we need. This is how many boxes we need. Mm. This is what we need to get into the kitchen to start making it. And so we would really be able to allow some stability uh, from our, our perspective um, to where we could do it on a part-time basis because we don't, because right, because all we have to do is, is if we have 150 subscribers, is we call up UPS or the post office and we say, hey, we have a pickup, right? We can schedule okay. it and we can plan. Th- this is a two-day window where all of these boxes are going to, to get sent out, um, but one of the things that we also wanted to do, and this comes back to the conversation that I had with with Jason Stapleton, um, is that uh, when people open up a box, right? A subscription box, they get an endorphin rush. You know, it's, oh, a, it's gotcha. like so whenever you're on Christmas, right? And you and you get a present from somebody and, you, and you're unwrapping it. And so we would thought, well, how could we capture that from a subscription service? And so what we started to do was, as we started to make it where every quarter, there's also a, su- a surprise, right? So every quarter, people the subscribers are going to get a new bottle that's random that that we choose and it's a surprise. And okay. so make it only available to subscribers. And so, mm. for example, the one for Q1 uh, is a is a uh, berry rhubarb ghost. So it's a strawberry rhubarb uh, mm-hmm. and ghost pepper uh, sauce. But that's the way of of really kind of letting people get that endorphin rush that that they would. That they would get, and so it kind of was a combination of of several things that just made sense um, to do it as a subscription um, rather than uh, rather than an ad hoc, uh, you know, setup um, to where people can go on and order, um, you know, whenever they whenever they want. It's it's harder to to forecast that kind of stuff.
0: Sure, sure. So you, you've definitely uh, you've definitely capitalized on uh, some of the the training that uh, we've both received from uh, a yeah, Nomad network. Absolutely. I seem to be plugging a Nomad network every episode here, but uh, it's just a great resource <laughs> for people. So
1: it is. It is. And, and honestly too, I mean, I've gotten great feedback um, and and several customers that have that have come out of the the Nomad network. And um, those types of communities and and networks and stuff are are very critical and they're very important. Uh, You know, as you know, from a professional standpoint, from a business standpoint um, and and that kind of thing, because, you know, there are there are several people in the in the group where, I mean, at the beginning, I was just like, just get some product out there. Right. And so, you know, people like Chris, where Chris is like, I absolutely love the Poblano. um, I mean, he ordered like last time I talked to him, like five bottles. Right. And that's the only one that, Um, you know, but but having those types of networks and those types of communities to where you can get that type of feedback. Um, is, is very invaluable. Uh, you know not only are you getting someone who's ordering five of the same hot sauce, but you're also getting feedback saying all right this this is the type of sauce where people are going to get an attachment to it and you might have a lot of success and so you get market research and, and that kind of thing that that goes along with it. so it's it's, it's been pretty invaluable. <laughs>
0: that's great. That's great. So let me ask you, uh, how long have you been making hot sauce for? Is this just something that you just decided or, you know, is this like an yeah. old family recipe or how does that work?
1: Um, so, so the way it started was, is, is like we talked about before, I was listening to the, to the Tom Woods show. Uh, yeah. Well, here in, uh, in Nashville, in Middle Tennessee, we actually have like a Tom Woods um, supporters group, like a listeners group, right? And oh, really? So, okay. Um, yeah, it's, it's a group of, you know, about 20 of us or so, and, and we try to get together like once a month. Mm. Um, and so one of the guys that's in the group has actually been making hot sauce for quite a long time, um, grew his own peppers and, and that kind of thing. And so when I was listening to the episode, um, I thought, well, you know what? I was like, hot sauce would, would probably be a pretty good idea. Um, and so I actually have a friend of mine, um, in, in Indiana who has a mashed hot sauce and he had been making sauces for a while. And so I called up my buddy in the Tom Woods group. And I said, hey, uh, you know, I was listening to this episode. I know you make hot sauce and you're, you're familiar with it. You're, you're comfortable with the peppers and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, I've never made hot sauce before in my life. <laughs> but I like it. You know, I'm a hot sauce fan. I was like, uh, you know, what do you think about going into to business together? And so we got together. He made some batches and I made some batches. Um, and, and how that started was is, is I just started researching. Um, you know, I thought about well, what are the types of foods that I like to have hot sauce on, you know? And so I'm like, all right, when, well, then what peppers are, are generally tend to be pretty widely available. And so you kind of start at your jalapenos and your habaneros and you're like, okay, well, what goes well with, with Mexican food? You know, well, I, I like, you know, charred poblanos and I like cilantro and I like this kind of stuff. And so you just kind of start putting some stuff together. Um, and then you, and then I would research some other hot sauce recipes to kind of get the proportions down, right? Okay. Because if, if you're starting from scratch, you don't know well, how much vinegar do I need? How much of this do I need? How much of that do, do you need? And then you just kind of start substituting in, uh, ingredients or you start adding stuff. And so then you just kind of go from there and you're like, all right, well, that was a little too heavy on the water. Right. And so it's a little too thin or this one probably should be cooked a little bit longer. And so we just kind of got together, we shared some recipes and that kind of thing. And so we, we put together a business plan, uh, but he has a, a small child. And right around that time, he also found out that he had another one that was on mm. the way. And so he also worked full-time. And so, I mean, he basically said, he's like, I can't commit to another essentially kind of full-time job uh, doing Sorry. hot sauce. So, Um, you know, I, I told that to my wife and, and she was like, well, do you want to quit? And I was like, well, no, I don't, I don't want to. And she's like, all right, well then don't. And so I was like, all right, I guess that's all the motivation that I needed. (laughs) You know, and so I started, you know, tweaking recipes and, and, and kind of going from there and, Hey, stop. stop, 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 Now the dog's barking at the cat. Um. And so, you know, we just kind of started to, to go, Olive, oh, Olive, oh, that's enough. Do I need to put you outside? Um, and so, yeah, so we just got, oh, hang on a second. Now I'm gonna, okay. now I'm gonna do it. So we'll just- No problem. That <laughs> Stop. Hey, go, go, leave the cat alone. Go, leave the cat alone. So yeah, so she basically was like, well, do you want to quit? Olive, go, 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 go! No, 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 no! Go, leave, leave the cat alone! Stop, stop! We've watched this dog before, and I swear she was not this annoying. Leave the cat alone! Stop! Go!
0: Jesus! It makes it more real. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, uh, leave. Look, do I need to go? Do I need to put you out here and close the door? see how that works. <laughs> she might not like that either, but we'll see how the, we'll see. If she starts barking. Uh, But yeah, so you know, my wife asked me, and she's like, "Well, do you want to quit?" And I said, "Well, no." And she's like, "Well, don't." And you know, and so that was really kind of the the only motivation that I needed to say, "All right, well, I'm going to keep I'm going to keep pursuing this." Um, and so. At that point, I just started tweaking recipes and, and going from there. And that was when I started communicating with the state, with the state department, as well as the Department of Agriculture, you know, and, and that kind of thing. And, and kind of kept the ball rolling. And of course, as, as you know, you work in a pretty heavily regulated industry. Um, you, 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 It's two steps forward and one step back, right? Yeah, yeah. And so you're, you're in communication with the state and they're like, well, now you need A, B, and C. And you're like, well, how long is that supposed to take? And they're like, well, we don't care. Right. And they're like, well, you need this and you need this. And so here we are. You know, eventually it took I guess it was probably about eight months or so Mm -hmm. um, before we were able to finally get to the point where they're like, all right, well, now we'll schedule um, somebody from the Department of Agriculture to come out and they have to watch you. They have to observe you and basically give you a passing grade of whether or not you're allowed to proceed, you know, to to produce your 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 um, product commercial."
0: Now, do you rent out a commercial kitchen when you make this stuff, or how does that work?
1: Yeah, so in Tennessee, um, there are certain industries that are regulated by cottage laws, cottage industry laws, okay. uh, but hot sauce is not one. Um, so, for example, in our neighborhood, uh, we have other people who have baking businesses um, or candle businesses and that kind of thing, and they're actually able to make their product out of their home. I see. Uh, but for acidified foods, you actually have to lease a... An approved commercial kitchen, and so I use a kitchen that's in Nashville, um, where there are a lot of uh, other small businesses and stuff that also use um, the commercial space. Which, I mean, other than having to pay for it, it's better to do that anyway, right? Because when I'm charring um, ingredients and I'm like, I don't have the scale that I really need at, at my house to be able to do that kind of thing, at least in a in a, in a timely fashion. Uh-huh. Um, and so it it makes sense to to do you know to do it at a commercial kitchen. I just don't like being told that I have to, right? <laughs> you, you know, which considering the world that we that we live in, right? None of us like being told you have to do it this way, right? Right. Um, but it does actually it does actually make sense. And there are other other states where um, I believe that California actually has very lenient um, cottage laws, which is which is really surprising considering it's it's California. Uh, but I have talked with um, with a couple of manufacturers out of California that actually do produce uh, you know their hot sauces and stuff out of their out of their own home. But yeah, so so we rent uh, you know some commercial space and we essentially reserve it, right? They have a website that you go to and you reserve the equipment and the time that you need uh, you know over a certain over a certain period um, and and kind of go from there. But uh, but yeah, I mean I try to get in super early on the weekends. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm talking about like 6am, uh, right. you know, I know I'm going to be there for anywhere from four to six hours or however long it is. And I, I prefer to be able to spend the rest of my day with my kids, <laughs> uh, you know, my family rather than being stuck in the kitchen all day long sure, absolutely. as early as I, as early as I can. So I can hopefully get out, you know, at a, at a reasonable time.
0: I gotcha. Now, see, if I was you, and this is just my marketing brain thinking. uh, So my my brother is uh, is going through uh, culinary school right now. And my wife is a pretty decent cook herself. And I said, when we get a new kitchen, I want to set up a bunch of cameras and lights and, and, and kind of have a YouTube channel on there. So you ever yeah, thought about yeah. doing anything like that? You know, hey, let's make some Tennessee hot sauce, you know, right. film the whole thing and everything.
1: You could. I mean, um, so I've, I've talked with somebody before, and I think it might even have actually been in the Nomad Network where they were talking about setting up a channel where you kind of teach people how to how to do it and, and that kind of thing. Um, you could. I mean, it would be fun. I just don't know, like, right, like, I don't know what the market looks like for that, because my guess is that there's probably already people out there that do really well doing it, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and that kind of thing. And they've already got tens of thousands of followers or or whatever it might be. Um, If I ever got to the point where I was able to do this full time, that is definitely something that I would kind of look more into. Um, So to give, you know, to, to give you a little bit more of an idea, I'm also starting to grow some of my own, super hot peppers, right? So I'm sure. growing purple and peach ghosts and oh, chocolate wow. and, you know, yellow scorpions. And, and, and those will grow know. in Tennessee? Well, I have a grow tent um, in the house. So I oh, bought okay. them like seeds about a month ago or so. And so I, now I've got them where they're, you know, they're about this big I and mean, we're not getting anything out of them yet. <laughs> um, but I've got them in a grow tent right now. And so ideally, hopefully come April or so, I'll be able to transport a lot of them outside. And nice. so, in a in a scenario like that, um, I think that would be a cool additive feature to a YouTube channel. You know, where not only are you making hot sauce, you're teaching people kind of how to go through some of the steps, but you can also say, "Hey, look, here's some of these plants that I'm growing. Right, here's my chocolate reaper that I've got. Let's check on how it's doing today." Or you know what I mean? Kind of add something that's a little bit more new, you know, unique. That kind of bridges together um the the hot sauce portion of it but then also to the the growing it right like the the there's another piece of it another facet of it um you know from from beginning all the way to the end and so for example i want to make um a white ghost horseradish um Mm. hot sauce okay and so making a youtube video like that right that shows here's my white ghost plant you know, and then kind of follow all the way through to the to the end product. Um, I think would make would make kind of a, a cool YouTube video. And so there's definitely stuff like that that we've talked about. And and if the opportunity presents itself, uh, you know, it's it's definitely something that we'd have to you know we would look at. It's just whether or not it takes off, right? You know, sometimes you you spend a ton of money and you get 15 viewers, and you're just like well where where do we go from here? <laughs>
0: well, maybe just maybe just instead of a YouTube channel, just put it on your website itself, you know, just some. Degree yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, you know, uh, which is totally possible because with the the as you know, right, the way site integrations and stuff work, you can actually do both. You can have the YouTube channel, plus you can have it integrated on your site right, uh, right. and and that kind of thing. And so, yeah, I mean, we'd love to do that. and, it really comes down to the proper editing and the, lot. you know what I mean? Like, you know, you make videos and stuff, um, the, the time commitment to to really be able to do it the right way. Because from growing and harvesting all the way to bottling, I mean, it's hours and no one wants to sit there and watch you do that for hours. <laughs> They're like, I want to see it in like seven minutes. Give me a seven sure. minute video.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I gotcha. You know, Dan, I want to commend you because, you know, with all the craziness going on in the world, at least you've, uh, you've shifted your focus into doing something that's profitable and it has value to other people's lives. I still see here two years after the start of COVID, people are still complaining about the same thing they did two years ago. It's like, what have you done for the last two years? You know, right. when we started at the top of the show, you know, you had a business that you were thinking of, you know, and you shifted focus, which is great. Yeah. And you, you just keep going forward because you know you're the kind of person I really want to showcase on this podcast. Is that you're not going to let the life's calamities just stop you from doing the things that are, are add value to yourself and everybody else. Right. You
1: know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and part of it is because you know, working in the corporate finance world, um, when when all the lockdowns and, and stuff started happening, um, I was part of those types of conversations, right, where they're talking about furloughs and layoffs and and that kind of thing and so um when you're in that world uh and you don't you don't own anything you know your you what you own is your labor and so you're basically saying well i'm going to trade my labor for what will hope to be a safe secure salary right that's the trade-off but then when you're involved in those types of discussions unfortunately the company that i worked for they didn't lay anybody off uh, mm-hmm. There were some frontline people and things that got furloughed, but they didn't have any layoffs and, and that kind of thing. But it, it gets your wheels spinning um, to where you're like, well, what if I am, you know, what if I do end up being one of those people? Uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to go to bed at night going, yeah, well, tomorrow might be it because I've, I've been there, you know, when, yeah, I, when yeah. I graduated from college, I graduated from college back in 2007. And so my first two kind of quote unquote, real jobs, I got laid off from because it was, you know, at the at the time of the, the, the stock markets crashing and real estate. Go, and, and, you know, every day, I mean, I what, the first place that I worked at, I was there for about a year and a half. And I had been there for two months, and they started making layoffs. Okay. And so every day, it could have been your last. And so I was in a position where I was actually lucky enough. To where two of the other people that were on our team had quit over time.
0: Mm. And
1: so it actually prolonged me for a year and a half before we had that conversation. And so I think when when people grow up in that type of an environment and they realize, you know, hey, this could happen at any time. Uh, you know, I've got two small kids. The, the last thing I want to do is, is, is put myself in a position where. I'm reliant on somebody else saying, no, we should keep Danny, you know, or the conversation is, well, if it's between me or Danny, well, Danny's going to go, you know, that's, that's the way it's, that's the way it's just going to go. And so that was really part of the driving factor, you know, where I realized like, Hey, you know, could the hot sauce business pay the bills? Well, no, it couldn't. Um, But, the infrastructure is there. Right. And so if something was to happen and I no longer had my job, um, you know, at least the infrastructure is there to where, you know, Hey, we'll struggle for a little while, but at least we have alternatives, right. At least we have right. options. If, if right. need them. And, I, and I think a lot of people don't think about that, but I think more people are, uh, you know, more people are, they've seen, um, you know, especially people that work in, in very volatile industries that were impacted by lockdowns and, and that kind of thing. People are kind of seeing that, um, that type of thing. And I think part of that is, is what's causing, what people are ca- ca- calling right now, right? The great resignation. Um, I don't think everybody is leaving a job for a more profitable job or, or something along those lines, but they're realizing I was miserable working there. And whether it's job security or, or whatever, people are, people are leaving. Right, um, and, and so um, I, hopefully people are starting to realize that at the end of the day, you're ultimately just a number on a spreadsheet if you're not if you're not looking out for yourself.
0: Well, it's interesting because you know I've heard that phrase of great resignation, great resignation, go around a little bit, but uh, mm-hmm. you know. The material world that we've been living in, people are starting to realize, you know, I don't really need all this stuff anymore. Right. You know, yeah. Life can be a lot more simple than it really is. And yeah. rather than stacking up their, their debts and their credit cards, and, you know, going back to the finance conversation we had, people are saying, you know, I'm done with this. I'm done with having debt. I'm done with worrying about whether the bills are paid. You know, I just mm-hmm. want, maybe I want to work less hours. I yep. think Jason was talking about a guy on his show that works like 24 hours a week, just walking dogs and everybody yep. was giving yep. him a you know, hard time because, you know, that's what you do for a living. What kind of life is that? And he's like, right. listen, I make enough money to do what I want when I want, whatever. Yep. So I don't care what you say. Yeah. So start starting a side hustle. I think in this day and age is extremely important because right. you know, like you said, if, if you do get laid off or, you know, fired or the government comes and shuts you down, Hey, at least you got something going on because, you know, are you going to be left destitute or are you just going to keep going forward?
1: Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and as I'm sure you probably saw in the video um, you know, the, the dogs and stuff walking around um, we also do uh dog sitting on the side through Rover, which is an app that okay. essentially connect, you know, it connects people to uh, people who are dog sitting. And so we originally started to do that as a, as a part-time thing because, um, you know, as you guys can see this, this one right here is, is our dog and she's a little older now, so she's a little lazier, <laughs> but similar to the guy you were talking about that, that, uh, walks dogs. I mean, we started watching dogs just as a part-time thing to keep her busy. Cause she just had so much energy. Um, uh, yeah. and so now we have like a dedicated client base and stuff that, um, anytime they're traveling or whatever, we watch their dog. Um, and some of them are a little needier and that kind of thing but it's but it's another kind of again we're not going to pay the mortgage with it uh, but if you make an extra eight ten grand a year six to eight grand a year or whatever you know that's that's something where you can sit there and you can say all right well we have other means right mm-hmm. we, you're to your point when you're you know when you're talking about people that are leaving jobs you know that are soul sucking for for whatever reason that it that it might be um, you cut back on some things and now you know, we don't have any car payments anymore, but we still have the dog business or whatever. And so maybe it's better to take a full time job that doesn't demand the same amount of hours or the pay isn't as good, but it cuts down on your commute. Right. My, my commute goes from 45 minutes to five minutes. And it's right. OK. We can take a lower salary because we've got the dog watching business and we've got the hot sauce business and we've got some other things that are able to, to supplement it. Um, to give us that that flexibility and um, and it's it's interesting too is because um, on on my podcast one of the very early interviews that I worked for uh, was for a was for a company called ADP I had interviewed somebody who works at at ADP which is a payroll company sure, um, sure. and so the the industry that she's in is is very heavy sales and so I remember hearing um, a long time ago that there are places that they have those sales um, you know that's very heavy. Um, and, and sales and that kind of thing and what they do is is they really drive the people on their teams to purchase the new car right mm-hmm. and to purchase the bigger house and go on lavish vacations and stuff because Security. they know that people are taking out you know loans and they're they're putting money on credit cards and as a result they're gonna drive those sales right they're, they know I need to hit my quota this month, because if I don't hit my sales goal, I'm not going to get my bonus. And if I don't oh. get my bonus, then I'm not going to pay my car note or I'm not going to be able to pay my mortgage, you know, and, and there's a lot of outside pressure um, to, to really encourage people to spend, uh, you know, more money um, and, and more people, I think, are, are, are pushing back on
0: it. Yeah, that's, that's a shame. I, when you were talking about that, I was thinking of a, a story that one of my mentors, actually the founder of the finance company I work for. Yeah, he's, he's like a billionaire now. I mean, he's been doing this for 40 years. And uh, he was telling me when he first got started, he was in sales, of course. And, right. uh, you know, he just had a, a, a crap car, you know, just a, just a beater. And he was right. a little embarrassed to drive it. But what he would do is he would park it down the street and walk, you know, the <laughs> block or whatever to his client's house. So they're not like judging him in the car he drives.
1: Right. But, right. you know,
0: he would always caution, you know, his new sales reps It's like, look, don't spend all your money getting the flashy stuff just because it makes you feel good. Cause you know, we're in a business of teaching you how to actually be responsible with your money. And if you're, right. if you have these high car payments or, you know, you have all this these flashy clothes and stuff, it's like you're actually going against what you think you are. I mean, the, the, the right. young salesman thinks that they're going to try to impress their clients with how much yeah. money they have. And it's like, well, <laughs> what are you trying to do here?
1: Yeah. I mean, and, and especially too, I mean, it depends on the age of, of the people, right? Because, uh, chances are, a lot of those sales guys—they're probably younger, and they're—they're they're probably not necessarily selling to peers, right? They're right. selling to people who are established in their career or whatever it might be. Most of those people have already gone through that phase, right? It's, They've already right. gone through. They—they they realize I don't want a seven hundred dollar a month car note, you know. I, right. I, I I don't think that you are practicing what you're preaching here. Uh, <laughs> you know, you're trying to encourage me to hit these types of, of goals. Sure. Uh, well, how much money do you have in your in your savings account? You mm-hmm. know, I, I bet if you pop the tire, you wouldn't be able to afford replacing it. And so that's probably, you know, where, where a lot of those guys were mentally Mm-hmm. Um, not realizing that the, that the people that they're trying to market towards, you know, they're they're done with that. They're not they're not doing that anymore. And so that was great that your that your boss was trying to you know to instill that into them to to really focus on on what matters.
0: Well, if you look at people like uh, you know, I'm gonna name some uh, some. The potential enemies, I guess here, Bill Gates and like, you know, Elon yeah. Musk and, and Mark Zuckerberg, right. they go around with jeans and t-shirts on. And, you know, you see right. all these yeah. uh, memes on, on Facebook saying, yeah, well, you know, these billionaires aren't spending a lot of money on fleshy clothes, you know, why right. are you?
1: Right. Yeah, <laughs> so. absolutely. I mean, yeah, I mean, absolutely. And and now I will say though, too, in the hot sauce business, um, at least the, the brand that, that we have, because it's, it's small batched, right? It's, um, we try to source as locally as possible, you know, and that kind of thing. We're using fresh ingredients and that kind of thing. And so you know now it's not a car. Um, but it is what I would still kind of consider a bit of a luxury product. Okay. Um, so for example, kind of the, the most the most uh, popular item that we have is is a four month, I mean it's a four bottle subscription, you know, a four bottle subscription. and the the founders group is is who we're filling space for right now um, you know, the, the first 150 people, which we're, we're a little over the quarter of the way there. Um, they get a 10% discount, but the, but the, the regular price of it would be $40. Now it it does include shipping. Um, but it's four, it's four bottles of hot sauce for, for, for $40. So it's, it comes out to be with shipping $10 a piece. Now you can go down to your local grocery store and you could buy a bottle of hot sauce for two or $3. And so, Having those kind of conversations, would Bill Gates spend $10 on a bottle of hot sauce? Well, he probably doesn't actually know what a bottle of hot sauce costs. That's probably (laughs) irrelevant for him. Uh, But there are a lot of people, though, who would look at that and they would kind of say, you know, well, I don't know if I want to spend $10 on a bottle of hot sauce when I know I can get, you know, Frank's or Tabasco or whatever from the grocery store for, for two or three. And so there's also that element of differentiation. Um, that's in there, right? Whereas a lot of those guys, they generally, well, obviously they're buying in mass scale, right? So their mm-hmm. scale is completely different, um, but they are generally buying things in powder form. And, you know, there are ways of being able to, to, where if they're selling a bottle of hot sauce for $2, they're probably also making that bottle of hot sauce for $1.40, you okay. know, or whatever it might be. Whereas using fresh ingredients and, and commercial space and not being able to buy a billion bottles at a time, you know, our food costs, you know, and bottling costs and material costs are more than what they're selling, you know, what they're right, selling. Exactly. And so you have to make sure that you're also providing that level of value um, to the customer and, and being able to justify uh, the, the premium price, you know, and, and that kind of thing. And, and it, it does scale to the level uh, when we're talking about like cars and that kind of thing, right? I don't think anybody would compare a five series BMW, um, to a base level Kia, you know, or, or whatever. Um, so BMW has been able to kind of differentiate themselves and say, well, you're paying a lot more, but look at the quality, uh, you know, that you're getting. And so from the hot sauce side, that has been a big thing, um, is trying to, to, to make sure that we can explain to people and justify the fact that we know, we're going to be more expensive than when you go down to the local grocery store, but this is also too what you're what you're getting. Um, and we found that the response has been awesome. Um, I was at a beer festival in December, um, okay. and and you know um, people coming up and wanting to support a small local business uh, is was overwhelming. I mean, there were a lot of people. Uh, you know, we're we're based here in Tennessee. And there were a lot of people and I didn't get it until later on in the day because, you know, the brand is Tennessee Hot Sauce Company and that kind of thing. And so people were coming up and they were like, oh, are you are you based out of here? And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, we just live, you know, a little ways down the road. And it didn't occur to me that they were asking that kind of thing because they were like, oh, you know, it's a local business. It's a, it's a, it's a small business. Sure. Um, and that's why people were asking, right? Because they wanted to make sure and say, "Hey, you know, this is a local business that that we're supporting." Um, that's it's, built into it's the value, of, right there. Exactly, exactly. You know, and, and so they're willing to to spend a little bit more too to to help, uh, you know, that that type of a business. And uh, it reminded me of the old, you know, I might be showing my age here, but maybe you'll get it. But the old, uh, the old Pace Picanti, um, you know, commercials. Right, where, New York City. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, <laughs> I mean, if I'm at a beer festival in Tennessee with a Tennessee hot sauce company brand and they were like, oh, where are you based out of? And I'm like, oh, you know, L.A. And they were like, what? That doesn't yeah. even make it, you know, that, that doesn't even make any sense. And so there's there's that there's that also element to it, too, um, you know, that that really kind of helps drive home some of that that premium, you know, that premium feel to it.
0: Right, right. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Danny, you know, I, I, it's, um, it's been a, a great talking with you again. I, I, yeah. I, like I said, I love your, I love your hot sauce. Uh, you know, you've been plugging it, but uh, you didn't sit, share where, uh, where people can go to subscribe. Is, it, is there a website?
1: Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So we got the website launched a, a few weeks back. Um, it's TNHotsauceCO.com. Um, okay. So TNHotsauceCO.com. And so part of the logic behind it was, is, is living in Tennessee, um, I was looking at buying tennesseehotsauceco.com, um, mm-hmm. and then well, first it was taken, and they wanted to charge like fifteen hundred bucks for it, and I'm not oh, paying fifteen hundred dollars for a domain. <laughs> but again, having the conversation with Jason, and and he was like, "Well, do you think people are going to spell Tennessee right?" And I was like, "Well, probably not." And he was, "Then don't do that." <laughs> And so by being able to shorten it to TNHotSauceCO.com, uh, you know, we were really able to kind of abbreviate it down enough um, to where it, it should be easy. And it's on all the bottles. Um, and, you know, Tennessee Hot Sauce Co. is also on Instagram uh, and we're on Facebook uh, and we're on Twitter. And so we, we keep up pretty well as far as our, our social medias go um, as well. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was it was great chatting with you again. And I know it's very different. Than a, uh, a finance consulting business and, and corporate finance and that kind of thing. So I appreciate you bringing me back on.
0: No problem. Well, you know, when we first did our show, I was advised to have you on every quarter because, you know, our businesses were so alike. But yeah. uh, I, I don't even, if you've listened to my podcast, and for those out there, you know, I don't strictly talk about finance on my show. It's, it's more yeah. just about what people are doing to, uh, you know, to get that edge in life, to, to sure. do something different, to give themselves more freedom.
1: Right. And, and I'd like to, and maybe at some point in time, go back down that route. Um, I think that there are a lot of small business owners and stuff out there that have tremendous products, right? And they, they are or, or awesome services or whatever, but they don't understand really how to run a business from a finance perspective. Mm-hmm. And so I'd like to go back that route, uh, maybe eventually at some point in time. But I also think having a successful small business myself um, also tends to allow a level of credibility there too. Um, that says, "Hey, look, you know, this is how I run my business from a business finance perspective. Um, I think that that would also also give me some additional credibility. Plus, you know, I mean, the the level of creativity when it comes to hot sauce is is basically just limited by your imagination. And so, going from a corporate finance world, it's a really good creative outlet, um, sure. you know, <laughs> to, to have as well.
0: Well, when I see your bottles at the Pepper Palace, I don't know if you're familiar with that store. There's a Pepper yeah. Palace but uh, uh-huh. they have like 5,000 different kinds there. So when I start seeing your stuff there, then I don't know you've really made it.
1: So I think the Pepper Palace really tends to brand a lot of their own, um, but they do have some out there. Um, we are looking at wholesale. The only thing that, and, and as you know, from a finance thing, right, obviously finances is an area that I think about. Um, I'm not going to be able to charge a premium for wholesale, right? Um, and so that's one avenue that we're looking at, but it's it's probably more medium term. Um, I have had some local businesses reach out to want to do like some partnerships and, and that kind of thing, which has been great. Um, the, the focus currently has been to get the subscription portion of it up and going, um, mainly because that's such an easy and great will be in a position where people like we've had with some of these partnerships where people are coming to us, you know, somebody like the pepper palace, right, they're the ones that are reaching out and they're saying, hey, you know, how about how about we try and do something like this or, or something along those lines and, uh, and then you have you know, shows like the hot you know hot ones, if you've ever watched Hot Ones before, uh, you know, when you have uh, people like that that kind of reach out. And and I have a friend that had a sauce that was on Hot Ones. And after the show, he said that they got like 36,000 orders oh, wow. um, for it. And so someone asked me, they're like, oh, do you want to get on Hot Ones? And I go, no, because I don't know what we would do. I mean, right. we make two scale to that fast. bottles at a time. You know, if we got 25,000 orders, we would have to say no. Right. Like, I don't know. We couldn't make 25,000 bottles. <laughs> sure, 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 All right. But eventually. Yeah. Eventually <laughs> we'll get there.
0: <laughs> well, good. Good for you, Danny. I'm glad that, uh, you know, things are going in the right direction. Um, you know, I want to talk to you offline for a couple of minutes, but uh, why don't we sure. just wrap it up right there? Uh, yeah. Again, uh, Tennessee hot sauce company. I, I recommend it. I put that stuff. I'm not going to say uh, what's that guy, that quarterback. who's always saying that I put that stuff in everything, but you know, I, I use <laughs> <Yeah>. it enough. <laughs>
1: But you can, you can put on everything.
0: <laughs> but uh, all right, Danny, it's great talking to you, and uh, stick around. We'll chat for a minute, okay? Perfect, absolutely,
1: you got it.